0: You are listening to audio from the Rail City campus of CA Church. We are a church fervently committed to bringing the good news to the city of Port Moody. We hope this message helps you grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. Right, all right, all right, all right. Can you hear me? Yeah, you can hear me. Okay, amazing. Hey, so good to be with y'all. My name's Cam Daly, and uh, I'm one of the pastors here at CA. I'm the campus pastor here at CA Church, Rail City. And uh, it's just such a pleasure and honor to be with each and every one of you, to be back with our church community. Uh, I missed my very first weekend ever of Rail City, you know, church, here on the weekend, last weekend, and it feels like it's been forever since I've been with you. So I'm just partying this morning. I was so excited. Uh, just extra energized by all the people, by singing worship songs in English. Uh, if you didn't know, <laughs> I, was in, uh, I was in Mexico last week over the last nine days. Um, one of the things we did as a church is that we decided uh, that if we're going to plant a church here, we're going to help a church there and one of the things we always say is that what we do here we do over there, and what I mean by there is that we like we we as a church are so devoted, uh, committed, and connected with global partners all over the world uh, that we uh, we like to partner with what churches are doing in other countries and places all around the world, and and so we as a church we raised two hundred thousand, and then we wanted to give ten percent to a church that was in Mexico and. The region of Mexico that I was in and that we're going to be supporting as a campus called Chiapas. It's the southernmost state in Mexico. It borders Guatemala. And I was able to go to a, a number of different churches in that region, in the mountains, in the villages, and all that kind of stuff, and connect with pastors there. Uh, connect with leaders there. There's a number of photos. Uh, guys, you can just kind of scroll through the photos um, of, of our time there. We got to do a grand opening of a church in, a, in the uh, city of Oaxaca. And uh, and so that was really profound. This was a church that was in Chiapas in a city called Bella Vista, uh, way up in the mountains, very beautiful, which was really cool. Uh, we got to dedicate the lands where our money, some of you guys gave to that 200000 That 20000 in Canadian dollars is going to go down into Mexican pesos, and it's going to build in, an entire church for a community in an area called Plan de Alá. Uh, where they didn't have a church building they're literally meeting under a tarp outside uh, and uh, they're really persecuted in that region, and you should have just seen the joy. They were so overwhelmed uh, by our gracious gift to them uh, and that they're going to have a church building where they can meet and they can worship, and we relate on this level. We rent this building. We don't own here, and just imagine if, if a community from around the world said, hey, by the way, here's <laughs> the equivalent probably here. Here's $5 million <laughs> for you to build a building, right? This was the equivalent for them, and it was just a profound time. We got to hang out with some of our global partners, leaders in Mexico, Pastor Tomas uh, and Pastor Brenda. Uh, they were with us during our, our time down there. This is a small group of us who went there. But man, was it an encouraging time. And some of you, um, you're like, oh, you've been traveling. Don't worry, my brain has been poked so many times. Uh, <laughs> I, am, I am positive that I'm negative, all right? And so <laughs> anyways, it's so good to be here with y'all and um, You know, one of the things while I was in Mexico, uh, that was so frustrating for me as someone who loves to talk and communicate and relate and connect with people was the language barrier. And so I was as quickly as possible trying to learn as much Spanish as I could that I could connect and relate with the people who were there because they spoke about as much English as I did Spanish, which was like nothing, right? So paquito, right? Like it's like very small. So uh, anyways, it's, you know, the language barrier. And there was a couple times where, you know, there's a member of our team who was with us. Her name's Alyssa. She works at the church. She was like pretty good with Spanish, and so she'd get up in front of the church and she would try and speak Spanish. But there was these funny moments where there was just total translation errors where people were looking around like at each other or, or laughing. An example is this. In Canada, my full name's Cameron, and to say like Cam down there, they really struggle with Cam. So I'd often say like hola, my uh Moyama uh, Pastor Cam, right? Or I'd say Moyama Pastor Camarón. But camarón in Spanish means shrimp, right? So, so every time I introduce myself to someone, they'd be like, they'd look at me kind of funny, they'd be laughing, like. And so it, eventually, Pastor Tomas, who we work with down there, he said, "Listen, you're a pastor, okay? You gotta be serious. You're no camarón." he is dead. <laughs> he is dead. You are now Pastor Cam, okay? It doesn't matter if they're struggling to say it. Just, you're Pastor Cam, not Cameron. Alyssa got up, and she was, you know, giving, she was saying, it's so nice how we can, like, you know, just uh, greet one another, and, and, you know, be around. I don't know exactly what she said, but apparently the translation was, it's so wonderful how we can just scratch one another, right? Like, <laughs> There was another moment uh, where, you know, one of the pastors, uh, I was at the front, and I was trying to say, in this moment, right? like, in this moment, and there was all these people coming forward for prayer, but, um, (laughs) and I tried to say it in Spanish, but apparently, the translation was, I said, I will mount you (laughs) like a horse, (laughs) right? Like, it's like, I don't know how it got mistranslated, but the guy was very concerned he was like looking up like what is going on <laughs> so, oh man you know the words that we use they matter right uh, the words the, the words that we use the things that we say they they really do matter uh, to communicate, to relate, to connect with people around us. And um, as we've been going through the book of Ephesians, the first half is talking about who we are in Christ, our new identity. And the second half is talking about our new reality, how we're called to live, how our new identity changes our activity. And today, what Paul is going to be speaking to us about, and what we've done is something a little bit interesting. In chapter 4, Paul begins to talk, don't live like the Gentiles do but be transformed by the Spirit. And then he starts to go through practical ways in which the Spirit transforms us. And he talks about, uh, you know, first he talks about transforming our mind. Then he talks about the fact that the Spirit, uh, you know, takes us as people who are liars, and and he calls us to be people who speak the truth. Then he speaks to the fact that we're not called to be people who are angered, uh, easily angered, but self-controlled. Then he speaks to the fact that we're, you know, not called to be people who steal, but who work hard and are generous. And this week, and how it connects to everything I just said to you at the beginning, he's going to be talking about the fact that our speech, the way that we talk, matters. It really does matter. It matters to God. It matters to God the way that we speak. It matters to God the words that we use. It matters to God how we relate with one another. Every tweet and every text and every time we talk, that the words that we say desperately matter to God. They matter to God. And they're a reflection of what God has done in our life and through us. Um, it's a reflection to the world. Uh, and so he is challenging us today in this text to no longer reflect the ways of the world and the way that we speak, but that there is a new way of speaking that doesn't look like our culture. It doesn't look like our family of origin. It doesn't even look like our community necessarily. There's a new way, a new way of talking, a, way, a new way of speaking, a new way of relating that looks different than it did before we were in Christ. And so uh, if you're willing and you're able, would you please stand in honor of God's word? Way more important words are going to be spoken in these few moments here than anything I will say. Uh, and, uh, and so that's why we stand in honor of these words. Because these, we believe, are the very words of God. They might have been written to an ancient city in Ephesus. They might have been written to a community there. But we believe today that by the power of the Holy Spirit, God can speak to us in 2022. And so um, let's hear God's word now and uh, l- let it shape us. Let it shape us, community. Let's go. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse uh, 17. We've been doing this every week. We read the kind of the, <laughs> the runway up until our text and then we're going to jump to verse 29, okay? Here's what it says. With the Lord's authority, I say this. He's just doubling down on this fact. This is God's word to us. This isn't Paulinism. This isn't my ideas. This is God's word to us. Here's what he says. The Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer like the Gentiles do. Gentiles are just those who don't live in accordance with the ways of Jesus. For they're hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander from the life God gives because they've closed their minds and they've hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But this isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you've heard about Jesus and learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature, your former way of life, which was corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit of God renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature to be created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And then he begins to go through the practical. Stop telling lies and don't be angry and quit stealing. And now today's verse, verse 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear hear them. Spirit of God, I've asked that um, we would allow this text to shape us today. The words that we use, the things that we say, the thoughts that we think, the things that we tweet and text and post, um, they desperately matter to you. Our words are a reflection of our heart. Our words are a reflection of the inner working of what you've done in our life. And so I pray today that, God, you would help us to speak in a manner worthy of the calling in which we've been called. And that you would help us as a community to give all of that to you. And uh, that, Lord, we would be a people of encouragement. We'd be a people who say things that are good and helpful. We'd be a people who put away our old ways of thinking and talking and acting. You'd help us be different by the power of your Holy Spirit, by your grace alone. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This is such an important topic for us today, isn't it? We as human beings have the ability to speak to use words and not just actions to communicate. The ability to communicate, it's, it's unique to human beings to use words, to use the complexity of language. It represents and it, it, it's actually a, a way in which we see that we're made in the image of God. God speaks, so we speak. God communicates, so we communicate. And we're made in his image and we're able to use language to be able to convey Uh, our emotions, convey our thoughts, convey the things of God to talk with one another. Speech is incredibly powerful. Our words can, can build up or they can destroy. They can encourage, they can also discourage. With a word, we can start a feud or create a friendship. With our words, we can heal wounds or create new ones. The words that we speak can tell the truth, or they can speak lies. With our words, we can make or ruin someone's day. Am I right? (laughs) With our words, we can start and end relationships. We can express the greatest love and the most painful hurts. With our words, we can help people understand, and with our words, we can also bring about confusion. Our words are incredibly powerful. We can make great speeches that change the direction of human history. With our words, we can whisper to a loved one and we can also shout. With our words, the scriptures say, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that he rose from the dead, we can be saved. And With our words, we can reject God and say, no, I want nothing to do with you. Our words are incredibly powerful, incredibly powerful. The Proverbs say in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18, some people make cutting, some people make cutting remarks But the words of the wise bring healing. We can cut deeply spiritually, but with our words we can also bring healing. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, I tell you this, you're going to give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you will say will either acquit you or condemn you. Jesus warns us we're going to be held accountable for every idle word. I don't know about you, but I'm nervous. (laughs) <laughs> right? If you're like me, you got the gift of the gab. I think before I speak. I'm like, oh, Lord, the amount of idle words. <laughs> right? But thankfully, in Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven. James, the brother of Jesus, talks about the power of the tongue and how difficult it is to control it. Here's what he says. We can, he says, with the tongue, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by just the small bit in his mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is small, but it can make grand speeches. Then he says, the tongue, even though it's such a small thing with a single word, we can light a flame of fire that could light a whole forest on fire. He says, people can tame all kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises the Lord, our Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in his image. And and, and it says, and so blessing and cursing come pouring from the same mouth. The tongue is both powerful and it's also our greatest weakness as humanity, as people. And we know that the word of God is described as sharper than any two-edged sword. It says it can cut through bone and marrow. It can cut through the very, like the very soul and the flesh. It's inc- the words are incredibly powerful. And Paul recognizes the power of words. And he says, listen, I can't give you guys a pass in this area. This is an area you need to be transformed as well. This is an area you need to submit and give to God. This is an area where you need to be changed. I remember when I first came to Christ, so I'm, I'm Scottish by background. We speak uh, two dialects, cussing and complaining, right? Uh, <laughs> and so I remember coming to Christ, and, uh, and it was so funny. Like, I, you know, I was talking with my friend Jordan who led me to Christ, and I'm like, man, God is just so Blank and good, right? You know, like and he was like, "Uh," (laughs) ah, like what? (laughs) Right? Or I'm just like, you know, I I was still like using, you know, Jesus Christ's name as a swear word. And there was a conversation early on where he's like, hey man, like you can't talk like this anymore. (laughs) Something needs to change. And this is what Paul is getting at. He says, Listen, would there be no foul or abusive language coming from your mouth? But would everything you say be good? pure, holy, set apart, helpful. And with the words you say, be an encouragement to those who hear them and to those who are listening. The way that we speak, the way we use our words, the way we communicate matters to God. The way we convey our ideas, our opinions and perspectives matter. The way we talk to our spouse and our kids and our coworkers, the way we speak to ourselves. Let that sink in for a moment. The way we speak to others who are not in the room and speak of others who are not in the room. Yes, even our comments and our stories on social media. Our speech is a reflection of who Jesus is and who we're becoming in him. He tells us that some words are foul and abusive, or as another translation puts it, unwholesome. And some words are good and helpful and can be used for encouragement. And so the question for us is this, how do we discern the English language is diverse. The English language is evolving. One word here in Canada is super okay and in another place in the world, it's really not. <laughs> How do we know what is foul and abusive? How do we know what is good and helpful? How do we know what is crossing the line and yet just, you know, it's just a, it's just a word? You know, some of you are thinking like, come on, it's just, it's just a word. How do we know these things? Well, I think this text gives us a few different ways, a few different filters in which we can, which, uh, you know, we're used to filters these days, right? You know, in Mexico, they, they don't call them ma- like just straight up masks, they call them mouth coverings, right? <laughs> like it's like mouth covering, it's very literal. I, I forget how you say it. We could ask Laura, she'd probably tell us. But, um, anyways, but it's just a mouth covering, right? Filters for us to know the things that we say, uh, what is good and godly and true and the way that God would call us to speak. And I don't, although I'm on a platform right now, I sit amongst you. We all need this. We all need to hear this. We all need to be transformed by this text. And those who have known me for a long time know that sometimes this tongue just goes off. And so I need this today, like you do. So here's the filters that I'm I'm seeing in the text. I think they can help us. The first is this. Is is our words, um, are they godly or are they worldly? Here's, here's what the text tells It says, live no longer like the Gentiles do. Don't, don't speak like the world does. Don't speak like the community does. But instead, would you let the Spirit transform you, right? Uh, let the Spirit transform you. And then he says, later on, because it's like, okay, let the Spirit transform me. But it's like, but how do I know what's the Spirit and what's me? Like, how do I know the Spirit saying, like, that's wrong and this right? And you get to know the voice as you get to know God more and more. But there's something that helps us. It says, this isn't the way you learned in Jesus. Verse 20, right? This isn't the way you learned in Jesus. And so the text is giving us a hint that we can filter our lives and we can filter our words through the person of Jesus Christ. Would Jesus speak that way? And how did Jesus speak to those who opposed him? And how did Jesus speak to those who were even killing him and crucifying him? What were the types of words Jesus used? And how did he speak to people? This isn't what you learn in Jesus. And then later on, In verse, uh, sorry, chapter five, verse one. I'm jumping a little bit ahead of myself, but it tells us imitate God, therefore, as dearly beloved children. So not only can we look at the words of Jesus, but we can also look at the words of God. The Bible has over seven hundred thousand words. Thankfully, Uh, some of them are descriptive, and some of them are prescriptive. But we can see the way that God speaks to people. We can see the way that God uses words, and so through this filter of godliness or worldliness, we can look and see the way that Jesus spoke to people. How did Jesus speak? He spoke the truth always. God cannot tell a lie. How did Jesus speak? He used his words to encourage people, to bless people, to heal people, to proclaim truths about the kingdom of God. Jesus used his words to acknowledge people. Jesus used his words. Uh, that he, some of the words that he spoke would transform people's lives. We look at the words of God. God, when the very first thing he did is when he spoke, he created. And what he created was life. And the things that he created were very good. He used his words to manifest, to create good things in the world. We see that God uses his words to correct at times, corrections not beyond. We see that God uses his words to give commands. We see that God get, uses his words to redirect us and direct us. Like where are we called to go and what are we called to do? We see God's words where he blesses. We see God's words where he, get, where he gives, uh, like he, he blesses the people and we see him use his words uh, in order that it would be for our good. We can begin to filter our lives in the words and just ask ourselves a simple question. Is this word in God's vocabulary? Is this a word that Jesus would speak today? Is this a word, and some of you are thinking, come on, I'm not God, <laughs> right? Like, but the text tells us is that we can be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. The excuse of, like, well, listen, I could never be Jesus. It's not, yes, I know you're not Jesus Christ. But there is this profound truth that the spirit of God lives and dwells within you and he can transform you. He can transform your speech, the way that you talk, the way you think, and even the way that you speak to yourself. So is it godly or is it worldly? It's kind of the first filter that we can look through and consider, is this something, is this in God's vocabulary? Would this word be found in God's dictionary? Would he use these words in these ways with this context? I know it gets a little bit complicated, but it's just one of the filters. Here's the second one, okay? The second filter is this, is the words that I am saying, are they ripe or are they rotten? Some of you are like, what? <laughs> ripe or rotten, where do you find this? But in the text, here's, um, there's this Greek word here, okay, a little bit Bible nerdy, but here's what it says, okay? He says, let there be no foul or abusive speech. This word foul and abusive, NLT kind of adds some words sometimes, it's one word, and it's this word, it's, it's saporos, saporos, right? So don't use sapros language. Sapros literally translated means this, rotten, unfit, not good, right? It means rotten. It's often a word that's used for like rotten, rotten uh, like food or rotten fruit, uh, you know, or rotten materials that you wouldn't want to use to construct or build. And, and so I think a lens for us is this, is the words in which I'm saying rotten unfit for use, something that is distasteful. If I was to, to feed this word, this pear, right, this pomegranate, is it ripe or is it rotten? What, what will it do for the person who consumes it? Will it give them nourishment and help them, or will it make them sick and hurt them and harm them? Is it ripe? I looked up this word ripe because it, it means mature, has it, is, is the words in which I'm saying mature? Is the words in which I'm saying fit for use? Is my words in which I'm using bringing about goodness into someone's life? or into, will, it, will it bring about a good effect? Are your words ripe or are they rotten? <laughs> this is what the text uh, helps us to see. It says, are, are they ripe or are they rotten? Are they words that are going to help people and bring life? Are they words that are going to bring death and hardship? And here's the last, last filter. This might be the shortest sermon in the history of Rail City. Let's go. Um, <laughs> the last filter is this, okay? Is that are my words and what I'm saying to people, are they, are they encouraging or are they discouraging? Are they encouraging or are they discouraging? Are they building up or are they breaking down? This word sapros, it's often used for also materials. Uh, and, and so in, in a sense, it's saying, are the materials in which I'm, I'm giving people, are they going to help to establish a foundation, something they could stand upon, something that would encourage, give them courage, give them strength, uh, give them confidence? I trust this stage because the materials are incredibly strong, and I know they'll support me. Do, do, they, do they bring confidence and courage and those kind of things in my life? Or as another translation says, it says, like, don't, you know, don't, don't break down people's lives, but would you build them up? Would you build up those around you? Are your words building up those who are around you or breaking them down? It's a helpful, helpful filter for us. I love the way that Eugene Peterson translates this verse. Here's what he says. Uh, and we can just put up, put up that text. I think I put it in there. There we go. Uh, No, next one. There we go. No, next one, sorry. There we go. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps. Each word is a gift. It changes the way we think about our words if we see them as if they're gifts. That every word that I say is a gift that I'm giving to someone. And it's not always like a gift like Christmas or something like that, you know, or a birthday. Sometimes the gifts we're giving are the truth, right? We've wrapped up truth with a bow. Sometimes the words that we're giving are actually words that, um, you know, that, that are correcting. Sometimes the, the words that we're giving, they're, they're a blessing, If we consider that every word that we say is a gift, it changes the way we think about it, doesn't it? What kind of gifts am I giving to the people in my world, in my life, online, as I write them, as I type them? Are they gifts or or are they, they curses? Are they encouraging or are they discouraging words? We're called to be people who build up, to build up. Thanks for listening to this message. If you've been listening to our sermons, but you're not a part of a church community, we would love to have you join us. You can go to cachurch.ca railcity to find out more information about getting involved in the life and mission of the Rail City campus of CA Church.